0: You're listening to the Connections Through Creativity podcast. Here we dive in deep into personal growth, creativity, inclusion, education, mental health, entrepreneurship, connection, community, and how we can make a positive impact. I'm your host, Rebecca Jane, founder of Rebecca Jane Art, an inclusive community art instructor, mother, author and artist with a love of living a creative life through joy, growth and making a positive impact in the world. Art is the catalyst for creating connections. Everyone is an artist and everyone deserves a safe space to be and feel creative, included and heard. When we create connections for creativity, we are opening an inclusive environment to improve mental health, education and creativity in our community. By first starting with us, we can show up for ourselves, our family, and clients so we can live a fulfilling creative life that inspires others. Become a certified inclusive community art instructor to make a radical impact in your community. Join the certification course in Mastermind by visiting RebeccaJaneArt.ca. Are you ready? Let's get creative! Now more than ever, we know that our communities are lacking in connection and empathy. You can be that radical difference to facilitate that brave space to be our authentic selves and create. Art is the most accessible and adaptable medium. Art can facilitate community connection while enabling endless learning possibilities. The Doors for Connections Through Creativity certification course are open for October 2021. Here, you will learn how to become an inclusive community art instructor for your community. You will leave here with not only the knowledge and support to take your community to the next level in inclusion and creativity, but you will also have continuous community business support that includes templates, sales pages, website hosting, and so much more. Join me today in Connections to Creativity Certification Course and Mastermind by booking a discovery call today. Hello! Welcome! Okay, so, you guys, this is a really important episode. Why? (laughs) Well, because, for two reasons. Two, one, because um, I have Holly, who is my new friend, who I absolutely adore, and we could just talk for hours, which... (laughs) We did, and also um, this is the longest episode by far that I have had, um, which I am, not, I am not at all surprised by, uh, because we, we have so much to talk about together that uh, we really need to get together, but we are a continent apart because, uh, as I, you probably know, I am in Canada, uh, but Holly is in England, so maybe one day or we'll be able to connect in person. So, um, the other thing is because this is a very vulnerable episode for me. Um, I haven't delved too much into this and I don't think I actually have talked about it at all on my podcast before. Um, I have osteogenesis imperfecta, as does Holly. So we got, uh, we actually connected because of this. And um, so we will explain it all (laughs) in the episode. Um, But a little bit about Holly. So Holly is a 24-year-old from the Lake District in England. She has osteogenesis imperfecta. Uh, scoliosis, which has been eroded, and a visual impairment. Upon completing her creative writing degree, she decided to start an online creative writing magazine for disabled and chronically ill creatives to share their talents and stories. Her website and first issue is due to launch soon, and this will be available at uh, wishbonewords.com, which I have linked in the show notes for you. So, um... (laughs) buckle up (laughs) because this is a very vulnerable and uh deep episode that we really get into um our goal honestly was to talk about her uh, the creative writing and the the magazine that she is creating but there's (laughs) there is not you can't talk about that without talking about Honestly, both of our stories just so connect so much. Like the connection that we have, like it's crazy. Two different people having such a similar experience. We both have a why, but they're different types. Um it was just it's just amazing similarities um, and amazing to connect within this. So this is a lot and new for me so all right let's just jump right in no after i jump right in after i talked for like three minutes but anyway (laughs) okay Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Connections Through Creativity. I am here with Holly Warren. Uh, she is the creator of Wishbone Words, which is a online accessible magazine. And we are going to talk a lot about that today. Um, she is also a fellow OIR, which means <laughs> we both have osteogenesis imperfecta. So we'll get into that as well. Um, but first, I um, I always start my podcast with my guest uh, with my four get to know you questions, uh, so we can get to know you a little bit better. All right, so hello, Holly. Hello. <laughs> um, okay, so our first question is, what's your favorite book?
1: Um, currently, my favorite book is Midnight Library by Matt Haig. Um, it's kind of on mental health and everything, but it's fiction. It's very, it's I just really related to it, um, hmm. and I think it's, I would really recommend it to anyone. Um, kind of struggling with that mental health. Hmm.
0: Good. Um, I will add that to my list. I always love asking this question so I can add it to my like reading list, even though I it's a mile a long. long <laughs> yeah, <list. laughs> I was gonna say, mine is a mile long. And then I keep buying books and then I don't. Yes. Get... <laughs> but all my money goes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oops. Um, okay. And what is your favorite, uh, favorite quote? A quote
1: that I can recite and I kind of say it to myself very often is you didn't come this far to just come this far um mm. and anytime I feel like giving up on anything in life I just always remember you've come this far you know you didn't come this far to just come this far you can go further and you can do much more so I always remind myself of that one.
0: Oh, I love that one a lot that's nice oh I like that okay and what about uh your art so what's what art
1: inspires you what do you love to create what do you love to look at um I love looking at all different types of art I've always been very arty my mum's very arty um but personally I like to write um and that is obviously what inspired me sorry about that because I'm, okay. I'm on it because I'm on a Mac it, if someone phones me it comes up <laughs> sorry <laughs> that's okay um yeah so what was I saying
0: um you might need to oh thing. yeah that's okay Your um your art that you you're writing yes. you're writing
1: so personally I really like to write which is what inspired me to um obviously do the magazine um I personally write fiction but I also really like personal essays because it's very therapeutic to write about um, past experiences and things like that mm. yes I
0: agree um, writing is something that I always loved and then I kind of limited myself for a long time with it um, and then last year I became an author so <laughs> now I'm now I'm just diving right into writing so I love yeah love that
1: yeah okay and then what is something that you're into right now I'm loving podcasts which is very ironic because I'm on one Um, (laughs) I just love listening I listen to so many different types of podcasts from like um kind of advice um and mental health based to um disability I've found a lot of um disability creators recently in the podcast field there's so many people and yeah I just love listening to them I find them very relaxing if you ever need to just shut off from the world you just put in your airpods and um switch off and I love that
0: hmm. what uh, do you so I didn't I didn't prepare you for this question but um is there <laughs> is there one that you recommend
1: um, one I'm listening, hello, Awaya, actually, um, if we're <laughs> shouting us out. Um, yeah. First impression by Jem Turner is um, I was,
0: one of in the... I was actually going to, I was wondering if you were going to say that one. That's yeah, awesome. I, I, yeah.
1: Jem's lovely. I've met her um, at one of the conferences and she's just an amazing person and very positive and we need that. <laughs>
0: yeah yeah I didn't I I started following her a while ago and then um on wishbone day she posted about OI and I was like oh my gosh I didn't know you were you were a fellow oi and then we started connecting that way so that's amazing and yeah and then it kind of all connected into meeting you and it was crazy yeah. this like little flow of people that I met in England <laughs> you're all in yeah. England right
1: yeah right yeah. yeah she she's quite me and me so we're both northerners in uh, oh, okay. England So
0: cool cool okay so tell me all about the magazine
1: yes so um kind of how it started um is I've just finished a creative writing degree um and I really enjoyed it I just found it so freeing and I just felt like I could be myself when I was writing and creating I felt like I could just be honest and authentic and true to myself and my story as well I I wasn't ashamed anymore. I was kind of coming to terms with everything through writing um, and it was only towards the end of finishing uni that I was starting to really really think about making a magazine. Initially my idea was just for OIs um because I know a lot of people in our community are very creative and love to write about their experiences and I've been so inspired by um, bloggers and you know people in that kind of online field Um, for a very long time and I've always wanted to do something like that but I was always too afraid (laughs) Um, so I kind of that's where the idea started it was kind of very um, limited to just osteogenesis imperfecta and then I started to think about it a little bit more and I thought hang on a minute I know so many people that would qualify for a magazine that was um, for disabled and chronically ill people because it's such a wide spectrum of what um, is considered like chronically ill or disabled, um, you know, and I, I, I always talk on my Instagram about like the spectrum of disability, that's something I'm very passionate about, there's lots of different types of disabilities and they all look differently as well, and so the more I was thinking about this, I just thought there's not much, um, there's not many platforms that allow people to just be themselves, you know, any literary magazine that disabled people might want to submit to for their art or for their writing, they might be very, um, not judgmental, but have a standard of which they have to kind of um, match up to. And I don't think that's necessarily right. I think anyone can write, anyone can draw. You, everyone has different skill sets. And I genuinely believe that if, if you give someone a platform, they can do anything with it. And I think that's a really powerful thing. And I think that was what was missing from the community um, that we're all in. And I just wanted to do something positive and hopefully other people will benefit from it too, even if they don't want to submit something, you know, RE or whatever, get the enjoyment out of reading and, you know, looking at the pictures and everything, so.
0: I love that. That's amazing.
1: Thank you.
0: I wholeheartedly agree and uh especially like the creativity is in all of us and we absolutely as long as we if we have the access usually that's the biggest block for people is not feeling like they have that access like nobody's most people aren't sitting here like oh i would like to write a book today you know but if you you have this platform and you're like hey would you like to submit a little writing for for this thing or a picture or whatever and they're like oh i have an opportunity to do this so what you're doing is absolutely incredible like you messaged me about this and I was
1: like (laughs) I think you you were like whoa girl (laughs) I was like (laughs) yes (laughs) so long ago as well that I messaged you now because I've been doing this a couple of months um and you're one of the first people that I really connected with and we were very like minded in terms of creativity because you know everything you're doing as well it's so important to be creative and for Creativity to be inclusive for everyone because everyone has a voice and everyone has um, art that matters, right? But <laughs> we don't always have a safe space space to do that and to share it with other people, um, especially people that will um, understand and respond to it in a positive way. I think that's very important because you could you could be a disabled writer or artist and submit it to any magazine and get you know an onslaught of hate and horrible negative comments that's not what this is at all I just want it to be very positive I want people to be like oh my god I relate to this line or this picture is just how I feel you know I want that to be um I just want people to realize that we're not alone in how we're feeling and through the struggles that we're facing that um other people are experiencing similar things
0: yeah and um when we were talking before uh we we've had a few calls because we <laughs> we could probably talk for days. We say, <laughs> but um. So you were saying the real narrative. So it's not we're like when we're saying positive, like it's right. a positive act, but it's in a space, but right. it's not a toxic positivity, or it's yeah. a like it's a real narrative. Do you want to touch on that?
1: Yeah, definitely. So I think I. <sighs> positivity goes so far right but I feel like for all of us we have to be very realistic in our lives and you know in our conditions um what got us on that topic I think was me saying you know someone recently has said oh you'll get better soon if you try this or you go to this doctor you'll feel better and I know people mean well but that to me is very toxic because I could go to that doctor and they could say I'm really sorry but you're too complicated for me which has happened multiple times in my life already um and I think it's it's getting the balance right of being positive. Positivity is a good thing, and you know being optimistic for everything, but also being realistic is very important. And I think one thing that we were talking about is how creativity, no matter if it's a positive piece, if you've written a really uplifting piece about how you've overcome something or how um, you kind of cope with things daily, like maybe meditation or whatever you do that's all positive but if you write a piece that is raw and just genuine about the struggles the the dark days the the pain that just feels like it's never going to stop that isn't a negative thing it might be negative in context I suppose but what other people are going to take away from that piece of writing or art is something positive because they're going to feel seen they're going to feel understood they're going to feel like they're not alone in how they're feeling and they're not weird or different or whatever normal is you know they they are seen and they are understood by people in the community (laughs) (laughs) yeah
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's that's good I love that um so your goal is to amplify the disabled narrative um why is it important for us in the uh like as a chronic uh community
1: i think it's really important to advocate for yourself because you're the person living with it right so you could have charities or whatever advocate and that's amazing but a lot of the people in um charities don't necessarily have the condition themselves So I always think coming from the people living with it is so important because they might have completely different symptoms to what's on the NHS website. I'm in the UK, you know, for example, um, or like a med journal, what they're experiencing might not be what's online. And I think that's why it's so, so important. And as well, because if you get one disability, a lot of times, other things come along with it. You know, it's a package deal a lot of the time, buy one, get one free. So,
0: (laughs) yeah, uh, (laughs) it's not
1: true. It it is true. So oftentimes you have to kind of factor in that other things can happen to people and that they're not going to have just one condition that's a one size fits all for everyone in that community. And that's why I think it's so important to have as many voices um, speaking up for themselves, not having someone um dictate or scribe for them having it from them themselves mm.
0: yeah absolutely and it's it's so true because it's if I ever look up OI, oh, it's it's so
1: Scary. Like, it? yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah but it's like never like it's hard to find me you know like it's Sorry. me this part parts of it are me but it's you can't look at you know, the definition of OI, and then know exactly what I've gone through, like, because it's so vast, and so, (laughs)
1: like,
0: even from, from me to you, and even from me to my siblings, who have the same genetic design, (laughs) like, it's so different, it's crazy.
1: and, like, I have a friend, and her and her brother have one, and he's, like, Tall, like really tall, and he's broken like maybe one or two bones, whereas she's about my height, you know, about in the four foot uh, in the four foot gang, um, <laughs> multiple broken bones herself. And if you just like compare two siblings together, you can't like it's yeah. just not possible. And I mean, I myself, I'm the only one in my family with a wife. So I only have friends to compare myself to, mm-hmm. not compare, but you know, to, yeah. to to identify myself in them, you know. Um, which is, it's it's nice. It's nice to see that everyone's different, you know, it, with the same condition. And um, yeah, I think it's such an important thing to just talk about and to get the word out that it's not a one size fits all diagnosis. You know, you don't just slap it on and that's you for the rest of your life, you know. You'll have different experiences and things. So.
0: Hmm. Um, it's, I'm also in the four foot club. I like that. I am very happy about this four foot club. I didn't know yeah. I was in the four foot club and I like it. <laughs> <an exclusive> club. <laughs> I love it I I it's funny because I had um I think it was in high school and I was like this is my last chance to grow <laughs> <laughs> and I was like I'm like I'm gonna have a party when I hit five foot because I'm like four foot oh. nine and I
1: never made it <laughs> <laughs> yeah I know I was, I was like, like I'm full five so I mean but and a half it and a half. <laughs> it does count. It does.
0: <laughs> but my sister every, every time.
1: Yeah. Every time I message my me, like, add the half in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> every centimeter.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, no, my sister is quite tall, which is hilarious. Cause it and like I don't think like height isn't necessarily. Oh, you know, it was really funny. My other sister, she was shorter than me and then she went and got uh scoliosis surgery and she came back and she was taller than me
1: <laughs> oh yeah it was
0: unreal it was unreal. maybe that's
1: what you need just a new spine <laughs> yeah <laughs> to me, to me. I had scoliosis surgery when I was super young um and I was about eight I think so like my spine just never grew because they fused right. it to the pelvis right. so I had quite long legs <laughs> but a very short <laughs> Yes, so a bit disproportionate, but aren't we all? Yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> true.
0: <laughs> Whatever.
1: Yeah. No, that's yeah. It's funny
0: how that, that is that they do that. I just Ugh, think it's,
1: it's funny bizarre. that she came back and she was like she added like five centimeters. on <laughs> That's just funny. It's hilarious.
0: <laughs> it was so weird. Like she came back and I'm like, now I'm looking up at you, and it's like, <laughs> yeah, that the was the sad weird.
1: thing is I'm the second oldest of four children, and my two younger brothers, taller, so they're not really my little brothers, I, I say, I'll is my little brother, and people are, like,
0: okay, (laughs) I'm the, I'm the oldest of four, and my youngest sister is nine years younger than me, and they have all been taller than me for at least, at least seven years,
1: (laughs) (laughs) always always say, best things come in small packages, yes,
0: yeah, yeah, it's very true, (laughs) Okay. okay, so, um, well let's let's talk about creativity because I think we (laughs) yeah uh, we're on the same page here creativity is for everybody and I love that you really went into that and you're creating this space um for creativity so within the scope of the magazine kind of what creativity work are you accepting because I know you kind of touched on that a little bit but
1: right yeah so what kind of we're always welcome to expand as well um because we're an online platform we have a little bit more um movement and we can do a little bit more so if anyone has suggestions I'm always up for adding things in but the minute we have um we have a review column which was suggested by um my readers by people that are supporting me which I would never have thought of this on my own but um I think the good thing about having a review column is you know we have books and tv shows and movies and you know when we're not well um we all need stuff to do (laughs) because we're sitting on our couch or in bed and we we get bored very quickly and it's not good to kind of dwell on things too long I don't think so I think it's a really good idea to have the review column um so we accept book film and tv reviews for that um we also accept nonfiction and personal essays so this is quite a broad um scope so this can be like memoir style it can be blog style it can be like advice it can be anything <laughs> um I can see a cat
0: <laughs> yeah my cats I'm trying to like get her to so she doesn't uh <laughs> um, do, should they always come around and make noises while I'm filming or recording but if I put them anywhere then they'll make even more noise so I,
1: ha- <laughs> I have to let them walk around <laughs> yeah um, so yeah, we accept um, nonfiction and personal essays. We also accept short fiction. Um, so like up to 3000 words, obviously, just to let as many people as possible involved. Um, and poetry as well, which I love. I'm not a poet, but I love reading poetry. Um, and it's very popular amongst everyone. So I think that's a really good thing. Uh, a good way of people to express themselves. We also do accept photography um, and different types of artwork. So whether that's like line drawings or actual paintings, whatever, um, I'm happy to include as many different types of art as possible Mm -hmm. because there's so many different styles and everything, you know? Um, I would love to have like anime style drawings and things. Um, We haven't had any of that yet, but yeah, I would definitely like to expand the kind of types of artwork we uh, accept.
0: That's awesome. So, what um what kind of things can we expect in the first uh, issue, which is releasing soon, right?
1: It is. Yes, I'm hoping it's going to release the beginning of July. Um, um, it's all dependent on the website, but that should be hopefully live when this goes up. Um, but yes, so the first issue is kind of a mixed bag, which I kind of wanted it to be, just to show a bit of that diversity and kind of what we accept. So there's. Nonfiction. There's a lot of poetry. There's some drawings and illustrations. We feature a few photographers, I believe, um, and we have kind of funny, humorous, personal essays about um, you know wheelchair life, about um, the things <laughs> you see and hear as you wheel. Which um, was <laughs> one of my favorite pieces. A fellow OIA wrote that, um, and that was such a funny, um, a funny um, piece. So I'm really excited for people to read that if they're a fellow wheelchair user. Um, yeah there's just there's a lot going on there's two um, fiction stories which are amazing one is kind of um, a surrealist um, magical almost magical kind of description of chronic illness so it's she describes it as if it's a baby that's been dropped off at a door but it's a chronic illness and it's kind of leeching off of her you know um, oh. that is amazing and I am so excited for people to read that because that is it could be it's a novel in its own right. It's just brilliant. Um, and we also have a kind of um, a young child's perspective of his mum, you know, going um, on dates and things and him getting left at home, um, which is another really, really, really good um short story so I'm really excited for people to read it I'm nervous (laughs) I am a very anxious person by nature but I hope people um love it and yeah I'm just excited to see where things go really um I would like to do themed issues at some point you know um have specific topics that everyone um draws to or writes to but that's all to come you know (laughs) I feel like I won't run before I can walk
0: (laughs) yeah it's uh it's funny because I I also like I get ahead of myself I'm like I see all the things Uh, so far ahead so what I started doing (laughs) is making this not today Rebecca list and so I just like any ideas and inspiration that come to me that is not quite ready for me yet I just write it down in this like list
1: everywhere around my house (laughs) I like the idea
0: yeah it's very helpful because I'm like okay it's going somewhere it's not for today Rebecca calm down (laughs) but it's coming or it won't it's okay yeah so it's because it's it's, when you have the flow of inspiration it's it's sometimes very overwhelming
1: it is yeah Yeah. it is and sometimes you do have to hold yourself back I think as well because especially both of us we're very passionate I -hmm. think you're always like thinking right what can we do next what's the next new thing without really thinking actually what I'm doing right now is still good (laughs) um I just need to like focus on that for a minute and um yeah do all the fun things in the future that's definitely loads to come um, and I definitely think there's a lot that can be done with the online platform They can do videos audio files loads and I'm really excited to um, kind of experiment hmm.
0: um so in the um shoot I had a question and now I forget um no i i lost it oh well <laughs> we didn't need it apparently um okay so let's talk about oi so if um somebody doesn't know what oi is oi is osteogenesis imperfecta there are a ver- variety of types which i i don't think either of us fully understand <laughs> um but um it's uh it's basically a brittle bone disorder um, and you know, there's various types or or degrees of what it means for people. And it looks different for every single person. But essentially, we have blue scales, Uh, we all have blue sclera, which is uh, our eyes, um, the whites of our eyes are actually like a dark gray blue uh, color. And um, not always, but sometimes we're a little bit smaller sometimes we could have bowing in our legs and arms uh, scoliosis is quite common uh, fractures is uh, very common <laughs> <Yeah>. um, and <laughs> um, what else am I missing there
1: Um for me I have barreled ribs as well oh yes is- that one yeah yeah, um, I don't think you're missing much else. I mean, no. there's probably loads more. It definitely affects um, soft tissues and things like that. Um, people can have ear hearing problems. I know I have visual par- um, problems instead of the ear um, but I think that's a bit less common. I think I'm an exception to the rule. Um, <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, everybody in my family has glasses, and yeah, it's, everybody it's that really I can think common. of. Yeah, I think but, for me, it started with um, like astigmatism and kind of yeah. rugby sure. ball shaped eyes. That's what they call it. When yes, I it. yes,
0: yeah, the football eyes. Yes, yeah. that's what I have. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: so, yeah. I think that's. I think we've covered the main and, the,
0: and teeth. I think teeth, teeth as well, which is yeah. I don't and, know.
1: But i don't almost,
0: have oi like dental oi or whatever it's called but i, I do have it's more it's problems dent- with teeth.
1: something like dentin and then it's gen- like osteogenesis in effect it's like oh i can't remember i don't know we should have googled yeah. it we should have <laughs> but it's quite common i think people yeah. like fracture their teeth and chip their teeth all the time but
0: yeah know. well I, honestly half like my first four like are half of them are, are fake because they are fillings okay. or whatever because they all chipped so i don't have whatever that oi dental part is but oh, i do right. have a lot of like i think every single tooth has been worked on um, <laughs> so it's it's thankfully,
1: uh good, i haven't yet <laughs> so there's always what? room but uh, thankfully i haven't yet oh there's good room to uh to- <laughs> <laughs> you, you don't want that <laughs> <laughs>
0: let's not, let's not no, accept I'm, the I'm things
1: having <laughs> <tea>. thanks yes
0: <laughs> yeah um yeah and then i uh it's genetic
1: so i don't know if it's passed down to in every type um see for me personally i was just a random yeah Then someone once explained to me which is really true every genetic condition has to start somewhere yeah. so sometimes it's just a faulty copy of a gene um, and that is what causes the OI and that's what happened in my case but obviously if I was to have any children it would be a 50 50 um, percent chance to be passed down Um, but yeah I think some some people it is like a spontaneous and it starts with them Um, yeah I think a lot of people it does travel down the family line
0: yeah. It's my dad was, he calls himself the mutant because it's a mutant gene. <laughs> so they told uh, me as well. And I don't yeah, like it. <laughs> No, he, he owned it and he thought it was hilarious, but you don't have to own that if you don't want it. But <laughs> he, yeah, he calls it the mutant, the mutant gene. Um, but they, my dad and I got diagnosed at the same, essentially the same time. Um, and uh, yeah, it's a 50, 50 chance after after my father so um yeah so for me in oi it was very much like i have type one which is like the least invasive right
1: i would say supposedly the most mild isn't it yeah
0: yeah so so, yeah so i've had around 55 fractures um
1: that's still a lot
0: (laughs) it's still quite a bit yeah um and then yeah. And then a lot of teeth problems and I've had quite a few f- femur fractures. So I have rods in both my legs. I had, um, multiple surgeries on my elbow and to reconstruct it, <laughs> um, bone biopsies and, oh, and things. Yeah. at <laughs> times. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So tell me a little bit about your, your experience.
1: Yeah, so I have type four, which I think is kind of considered moderate. Um, I sometimes think I kind of, I'm a little bit like a type three, but again, this is just me saying, we were talking earlier about yes. how the types are very um, indifferent from each other, they're very, you know, anyway. <laughs> um, it's hard,
0: it's hard to like, and then they changed them sometime when we were growing up. So we we were taught one way, because I'm pretty sure I was type like five at one point.
1: Wow. And, which, which doesn't, like, now doesn't make sense. But no, then it did. 15 plus types, at least. Last time what? I checked, it was 15. And I I just can't understand. Like, I mean, I haven't Googled it. I haven't researched it. I never Google my own condition, really. I try not to. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's hard, yeah. It, it's a bit heavy. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, last time I heard it was 15. But I would have no idea what the spectrum of that would be. I don't know what 15 is in severity. Because if you think about it, type one is supposedly mild then type two is the fatal type where you a lot of babies don't make it past childbirth and then it's type three which is very quite severe isn't it and then it's type four which is what I have which is like mild to well moderate to severe and it's like that doesn't make sense like the jump (laughs) doesn't make sense why is one mild why is two deaf why is three you know what I mean it just doesn't make sense (laughs) yeah um I don't know if it's the same with other conditions but that's something that's always baffled me and when I've explained it to people people have been like what <laughs> what yeah um but yes yeah, so I have type 4 um I was diagnosed when I was around six months old because as I said earlier um, no one in my family have it so it wasn't easily di- well, mes- well it was quite easy I suppose in when I eventually got diagnosed but at first it just First few months of my life, no one had a clue. <laughs> my mum said I was very floppy as a baby because um like I have hypermobility and that's another thing. Hypermobility is a big thing. Um, you know, I was very floppy. Um, and she noticed the eyes. And I remember she used to say to um kind of like the health visitor. I don't know if you guys know what that is, it's like the midwife that kind of comes okay, after you've yeah. been born, um, like a home visit. And um she came and my mum was like, Oh, her eyes, they look a bit, you know, different you know, a bit unusual, and she was like, yeah, they're beautiful, they're just gorgeous, aren't they, and she was trying to make a point that, you know, there was something not right, she'd already had a daughter, you know, a healthy baby that was fine, and she noticed something different, so they fobbed her off for a long time, just put it off, there's nothing wrong with her, she's fine, and then I think what had happened was my granddad was picking me up out of my car seat and broke my ribs, or my leg, one of the two, I can't remember, (laughs) I wasn't, I, it's a yeah. conscious memory I have, you know, I was six months old. Good times. <laughs> Good times. And yeah, I fractured, he, he heard it and I don't know if I was crying, probably, um, but they took me to hospital and they were like, yeah, we think she has, you know, a And then that was it. I've had it forever. Um, One thing we were talking about recently is genetic conditions are a funny one because when you're born with something, you kind of don't feel um, mm. valid to talk about your experience with disability because um, you haven't lost an ability. You've always had that kind of presence in your life. You know, you haven't um, gotten, well, I've gotten worse, I suppose, as I've gotten older, but like, it's always been there. You've always known about it. It's always been in your childhood. You couldn't go on the trampoline with your friends or you couldn't do gymnastics at school. And, you know, it's just always been a thing. And I think at times that makes you feel like you're not, you um, what's the word, licensed, to kind of discuss disability, and Mm -hmm. that is how I felt for a very long time, and I think there's so many challenges of growing up disabled, um, as I kind of mentioned before, feeling isolated, and like you can't do the things your friends are doing, so it's very um, lonely at times, especially, you know, if you are the only one in your family, um, you know, you don't have anyone else to relate yourself to, you kind of feel weird, and a bit of a mutant. <laughs> 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 um, you, feel a like that. you feel like a mutant alien, you know, you feel weird. And I think for many years, I felt like that. Um, and, you know, I had the scoliosis surgery when I was around eight. so That was really traumatic. I was young. Um, and, you know, I had to have time out of school. I remember teachers shouting at me I posted about this on my Instagram recently mm. stand up straight sit up straight because she knew I had scoliosis so she in her head was like all she needs to do is sit up straight oh Not my God. Realizing it's the spine itself that I physically can't straighten um but yeah she kept saying like sit straight you have to sit straight I've been told by the doctors or whatever you need to sit straight and I'm like well I can't I can't sit straight and that was a really hard time because you feel like you're in trouble for something that is out of your control, you know. I was getting shouted out for something out of my control, and then when I was 11, I ended up losing my eyesight kind of part of my OI in a way. Um, I got accidentally poked in the eye, um, and because I have OI, it was catastrophic. It just because soft tissue, as I was saying before, is a big um that's affected as well. It's not just the bones and everything, it's everything, isn't it? Yeah, um, so when I got poked. It was really really bad I had to go right to the hospital they removed the lens they performed a surgery removed the lens of my eye obviously then making me not be able to see out of it and then I ended up going to a different hospital like a specialist hospital and they did what is called a corneal graft so it's like a corneal transplant where they just replace um the front of the cornea which I didn't really understand at the time was like a donor um that was oh, young. later right. I was so young my mum didn't really want to say this is a donor right um so I didn't find out for years and years what that actually really meant um but yeah that would be shocking to find out it was a bit like oh but I think I I probably like in the subconsciously knew what a donor was like corneal graft you know that meant something but just you don't think about things I think you always try and look at the bright side and not dwell on the negatives yeah because I'd lost my eyesight now and I was navigating sight loss with a lie, which as anyone could imagine having brittle bones and a visual impairment doesn't really go well together yeah. um, <laughs> it's not the best but you know I kind of dealt with all that um, in terms of fractures and things I honestly who keeps track? I, I think, yeah, I, think,
0: <laughs> I, I found a number that I guessed, and I like to use that just so I have an answer for people.
1: <laughs> My do know. I was always 65, but I've been saying 65 for about 10 years, <laughs> so I don't think it is 65. I, I If I was to put a guess on it, I would say probably 75 to maybe 80, because I, I don't count the small things. I don't really count. Yes, weight. yeah but they do count, I guess, but it's, it's hard to, it's, hard to. <laughs> it's so funny
0: because like anybody else would be like, I, I, cause like in high school, I'm like, I only broke my fingers and toes and people were like, <laughs> you only broke your yeah, fingers and toes. And I'm like, yeah, like I, one time I just stood up on my tippy toes
1: and I broke my toe Yeah, and that was that. And so I, I've, I've done that, but it, it was my foot. It was traumatic. Uh, yeah. <laughs> i was going to new york like a week later and it was my dream holiday and i broke my foot and i had to wear a cast and you know like if you've gone on an airplane they have to cut it down the side Have you ever had what? that no yes. if, if you have a cast right they would cut it down the side and then they would strap it so obviously the <gasps> two parts stay together to allow for swelling on the plane because obviously oh not the airplane the people no, like the hospital. Okay. <laughs> oh okay. no. oh no. my god. <laughs> I thought would be qualified. <laughs> like what? No. Well, I didn't okay. explain that well. No, like I'm hospital, sorry. The hospital like would cut it and then like strap it. So then obviously when I, I could go on holiday, that was all I cared about. I was like, I don't care about the foot, just get me on that plane. <laughs> um yeah. but yeah, it's 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 a really it's just a crazy condition. Kind of talking about what you were saying about just kind of things being normal I remember I went to my friend's party and I dislocated my wrist so like this part of my wrist was just sticking out and oh God. Was like, oh my God. Yeah. I went I, I was fine I was loving yeah. life I had a drink I probably shouldn't have because I think I'd take an ibuprofen but I'd I'd, uh, <laughs> I'd take I'd, it was just sticking out and everyone the whole night was looking at my wrist going Holly that's not right girl <laughs> and I was like <laughs> Fine. I want to I mean, have a party. <laughs> I want a party. I was like 17 and so dumb. And I just wanted to go, you know. You know, and it's just like this is not stopping me from having a good time. But anyway, I remember I did the same
0: thing at a birthday party. It's a birthday party. And I told everybody I was fine, but I had a broken leg. The yeah. the ambulance had to come get me in the morning because I couldn't move. Oh my god, that is yeah <laughs> I didn't want anybody. I, I didn't want to ruin my best friend's birthday party. Anyway, I
1: know. but terrible. We should not feel like that. No,
0: everyone felt terrible.
1: <laughs> we should have just taken care of it. I know, but like as adults, we can like look back at this and think, "I I was an idiot. Like I wouldn't do that now, obviously." But when you're young, like as I was saying before, you don't want to miss out on things. You don't want to like not live your life because of your stupid bone condition. You want to just <laughs> do what you can, you know, because think a lot of the times I missed out on so much. You know, I missed out on most of um, like my secondary school, high school. It would be to you guys' experience, and um, it was it was hard. You know, I really, for a long time after leaving school, I was very um I was I just couldn't socialize properly with people my age because I was used to talk to adults I was from I was used to talking to doctors that is like where my comfort zone was was like I could talk well with anyone but people my age and that really affected me for so many years I still kind of struggle with talking to people um so if I sound very rambly that is why um but I just think that's it's so important like to not um shut out disabled people I was in school they just kept me in this um learning center they called it it's yep. where autistic and um disabled kids would like be you know to keep yep. them safe and separated from the other kids yep. but the 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 danger of that was I just had no social skills I just felt so isolated I was depressed at such a young age because I had no friends I felt very alone I felt different I felt cut off from everybody and um that's my like one thing that I would encourage like Mix children with normal students, mix, you know, don't like shut them out. Like they they need to be involved. Inclusion. In- exactly. Inclusivity is so important. And that is something I'm fighting for now as an adult because that is something I never had as a child. I was always tra- differently. I was always wrapped in cotton wool in a metaphorical way, you know, kind of kept away from everybody. And that only made me feel like I needed to be protected. That only made me feel like there was something really, really bad about me and that's not how you should feel like there was nothing bad about me there was nothing wrong about me but that is how um not being integrated into just mainstream school or mainstream I don't know art classes or writing classes or whatever really was such a difficult thing to endure growing up I've completely gone on a tangent now (laughs) no this is so you know what you made me realize something because I had a hard time
0: with my social skills and I had no idea why and I still like I still like looking at I remember one specific time I was in like I worked at the movie theater there's a group of us standing in like in a circle talking and then I said something and nobody heard me and like I felt like Literally, I was not being heard at all. But then out of the blue, I said something and everybody stopped talking and looked directly at me. And I was like, like, it was just pure silence. And I was like, I don't think I'm very, like, I thought later, like, I don't think I'm very good at communication or like having a social, (laughs) like, I'm always like, it was, and I didn't ever connect it to the fact that I had an OI whoa this is like a mind-blown thing i've worked on it so much but yeah this is therapy <laughs> um but um it, i i had a lot of my time missed from school was in elementary right. school because that was when most of my fractures uh were and uh so i missed a lot of school and then like now with oi um with the treatment that we get so i got i don't know if it's a little bit different in because I know it was different in the States. So for versus Canada, because I lived in both. Um, But in Canada, what we would do is get an IV, um, zelodronic acid, and that would be an infusion, which lasted three days. And then we would have another two days of um, tests like x-rays and um, uh, bone scans and like walking yeah. in a straight line, and can you walk up the stairs? And sometimes even we would have extra tests. So like right now I'm in a test which is paused because of COVID, or I hope so. I, I want to continue in it, but I haven't been to Montreal. But it's like a breathing test and a, a dental one. So they check out your teeth and and everything. Right. So that was just tests. But yeah. um, so I'd miss an entire week of school because I was in a totally different province, and then I'd come back and I would, again, I would be in that, that, you know, special education room or whatever. I don't know what it was called. Yeah.
1: They all have different names and different. Yeah,
0: (laughs) it is. Yeah. And I have no idea what it was called. It was just, and honestly, I was in a very small school. So it was just me and this other little boy, or I say little, we were both little, (laughs) we were actually both very tiny, actually. Um, (laughs) (laughs) but we were always together and we always had to do separate work and then I always I had to go to this other like outside of school right extra learning thing and so I always had these extra things but I would miss so much time at school so I missed a lot of that socialization skill which I didn't even
1: totally think about I I remember that the teachers that kind of I I guess worked in that kind of department they would go to to like the cafeteria get my food and bring it back and have me sit and eat it oh yeah I ate my dinner on my own all with an adult like a teacher um like every day during my school life and I felt so rubbish because it was the time where like Facebook and everything was a thing as well. People were putting on pictures of them, like hanging out at lunch in the field the school field and just having fun. And I was just never a part of any of that. And I remember at the time just thinking, what is the point? Like, why am I here? You know, why am I at school? If I, I might as well be homeschooled if this is how my life is. And it was just the worst <laughs> thing in the world. But yeah, it's, you know, going back to kind of what you were saying about, um, like your experiences of like the treatment and everything. So I was starting on permidrinate I don't know if you've heard of that one. So no. pomidronate is what um, they did here. So I had pomidronate from the ages of three to about 16. And then when I turned 16, they put me on the oral one for a little while, which is, um, I think it's Resendium. Fosamax?
0: Oh, okay. We, in, um, in the States it's called Fosamax. And that's what- It's they,
1: probably the same idea. Cause okay. it's like, you take it once a week. Um, yeah. And for some reason you have to sit up when you take it. I'm not sure why- <laughs> Like it says you have to sit up for half an hour after you've taken it, so <laughs> I remember obviously what would happen if I lie down and like <laughs> a in your mind it's like it's like you know when your mum's driving a car and you want to open the door just to see what would happen. Yeah, I'm just a psychopath, but I've always thought. That. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what?
0: I, I have the same thoughts. It's okay. <laughs> Like, we but, never did it. Oh I,
1: never, I never acted. Yeah, on it, but it's like it's like every time I took this pill, I was like, I want to lie down just to see. Yeah, <laughs> what would yeah. happen? But my mom was like, Don't you dare! So I never yeah. did. But then I went on the um, what was the one that you just said? It's all Oh, the no. zoladronic acid. I yeah. think I was, is that one new because I didn't know what I don't know what I took when I was a kid.
0: But Cooper I, is now I, taking zoladronic acid.
1: I think you probably would have taken the pyridone, but I would ask okay. you, mum. Mum's always know, but your yeah. Mom <laughs> but mitronate was the norm like in okay well so I would have started it in the early 2000s um and that was like the norm and I think they still do use it but zoldronic acid is I think you said it different I don't know how to pronounce it oh I might have said it wrong I don't know I probably am it's fine different accents I think (laughs) yeah (laughs) um but yeah I think I think that's a new one because I only started that when I was about 20 so I'm oh you're still taking it I've they're they're giving me a break off of it because they suggest, um, because I'm at like that age where I might have a family at some point. They always say, like, you should have a break if you want kids. Um, I don't know what it would do, but that was just what I've been told. Um, so they said, like, have a little break from it, see how you do. It's a bit of a test, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, because I've always been on biphosphonate, so I think they're just going to see how I do. Because I know one thing that's always stuck with me when I was a child was. Um, when you like hit the menopause as a woman, you kind of yeah. revert, revert back to um, like that childhood breaking all the time yeah. kind of thing. I don't know if you've heard the same. I thing. have, yeah. Um, so I've always had that in the back of my mind like, right, I'm going to be on them when I'm older again. And I know that. But if I could have a break for a while and see how I my body reacts and everything, I'll give it a go. You know, that is what mm-hmm. the doctors are recommending. So I'm going to, I'm, I'm on a break. We're on a break. Good. A break yes good um, okay. um I'm to see what happens but yeah i'll keep you updated and how i feel without it um but it's it's just i think a lot of life with oi is trial and error they yeah. don't know <laughs> there's no cure there's no whatever it's just maintaining um your bones and your body for as long as you can in whatever way that fits you um but yeah i think that's the same with most conditions though isn't it it's there's yeah. there's no magic wand that's gonna magically fix everything you've just got a Take what is recommended for you and hope for the goddamn best. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Yes, that's amazing. Um,
0: what was I gonna say about the the? Uh, yeah. Oh, so f- I don't know if it's because in type one, right. generally in after puberty is kind of when fractures start to go decrease quite a bit. That's what so I've heard too. For you as well?
1: Yeah, that's what I've heard. Okay. So I've heard, like, when you're a child, obviously it's really bad, right? And then you yeah. um, stop, like, puberty, well, like, after puberty, that's, like, the time. This is, like, apparently meant to be the best times of our lives, like, our 20s. Woo! <laughs> <time. laughs> and then and then it's all downhill the second menopause hits Yay. and then but like being told that as a child as well that's always stuck in my head because I always thought like okay great so I have that to look forward to like yeah <laughs> thanks guys
0: you know so what was crazy is that because we we both look quite young and we're both small so I get mistaken for a child quite often yeah, you as well. It's
1: happened. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Okay,
1: your so, mom. that's what yeah. I get. I'm
0: yeah. Or am I like going on dates? They'll be like, "Is this your mom or dad?" I'm like, "No, oh. this is my date." Like, <laughs> no, awkward. No. Yeah. That is <laughs> <awful>. Um. <laughs> but um, was I? Oh, so mistaken for a child. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, people will always be like, "Oh, like after they're trying to like overcompensate and make me feel better about being." mistaken for a child so then they're like oh well this will you'll you know you'll feel you'll just love that when you're older like oh, and i'm like "Ugh, like i hate that because then you're like okay but when i'm older like you have no idea <laughs> what this is gonna mean for me and also i'll still look young <laughs> I am mistaken for and i might even shrink
1: I thought about this this is my mind because my granddad keeps saying at the minute I'm definitely getting shorter I'm definitely getting shorter and I was thinking to myself how much shorter could I get like for real yeah I mean if that is the worst thing that happens to us I'm sure we'll both take it um we go with the flow (laughs) um I mean I've had the same thing said to me my whole life like oh don't worry when you're older um, and people are still mistaking you for 20. You're going to love it. I'm like, not really. Like, yeah. you want to look your age. Um, but I know some people. Yeah, I think it's right. You don't You want to look your
0: age because people don't want to be mistaken for five years or 10 years older than themselves. But people also no. don't totally love being mistaken as a child when they're no. almost 30. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, it's not great. <clears throat> but um, so <clears throat> I want to ask you. Excuse me what um what is like a really weird um thing that you either have done or reacted to in the sense when people th- say things like this I'll give you an example okay so I realized recently that I hate washing my face and like I don't actually hate washing my face because it feels really good my skin is clear or whatever but I realized somebody told me once that if you wash your face, then you'll like look younger. And so I realized I would avoid washing my face if I, you know, not in a gross way, but like I would avoid washing my face that because I didn't want to look any younger. And I realized that and I was like, oh, what a stupid thing to do. Like, but it makes sense. It
1: made sense. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And it was a subconscious thing I did. Like, I didn't think, oh, if I wash my face, I'm going to look younger. Right. Yeah. Is there something, like, weird like that you do?
1: For me, I used to – because, I mean, it's cheaper. A lot of the times I would – buy like kids clothes because it was cheaper and it, some of it was really cute right but then when I started getting them comments and I was probably it started when I was like a teenager people would mistake me for a child and you know when you're a teenager you're a bit bratty anyway I was like I'm not a child yeah <laughs> uh, I remember I just like completely changed up my wardrobe and I tried dressing probably older than what my age was even at the time and that was probably my reaction to it I, I was mm. really trying to like find my identity through fashion I guess um for such a long time and like even now I really think before I buy anything and it's just it's not even like a purposeful thing it's kind of like what yeah. you said it's subconscious you don't even realize you're doing it but I'm, I always think right is this dress gonna be too long on me and make me look like a child like I'm wearing my mum's dress you know because mm-hmm. as well as we're short there's not a lot of petite kind of options for clothes A lot of the times you'll buy a really cute dress that looks really short on the model, get it home, (laughs) and it does look like you're wearing your mum's dress. And then you look like a child because you buy a dress. I am very conscious. I only buy things if they're like quite mini on a model because I know it's going to be a regular length on me. Does that make sense? That's kind of probably
0: how I I do the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard because, and then like, I'm pretty sure the shirt that I'm currently wearing is supposed to be like a mid crop top, but it's like just the right length. Just, yeah. <laughs> um, I so girl. I can kind of get away with things sometimes like that. But um, I do. And then I, uh, for a long time, I avoided wearing pink. Like I nice. would absolutely refuse, not like all pinks, like you're kind of wearing this like pinkish shirt yeah, and like that color yeah. is okay. But like, a light pink or like a hot pink absolutely not absolutely I not would agree
1: with this yeah yeah. You, yeah you don't want to look like a little barbie doll right yeah. I that is actually funnily enough my nickname is doll because everyone says I'm like a little doll my yes. mom's always called me doll and I really like my nickname I, I like it you know and it also rhymes with whole, whole doll oh, so oh cute So that's, that's what <laughs> she calls me but I don't want to be a doll in the sense of, like, I don't want to look like a little tiny, pretty, petite little doll. I want to look like a woman, mm-hmm. especially because, like, I mean, I think also now that I'm in my 20s, I think it's even more important to, like, have my own identity and, and not be that child that people think me as, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's really it's a hard thing to break away from when you are small and I think it's always gonna I, I always get ID'd you know if I go out for a drink with my friends and I've the drinking age in England is 18 so I've been drinking for a while now <laughs> yeah it still gets it's, it's still a thing it's still a big yeah. thing. But it's
0: 19 I'm- here but it's pretty much the same so yeah but they they, they have a sign up at like anywhere that they have to ID you. So anywhere there's liquor st- sold or or cigarettes, it will say we will ID you if you look under 35. So I don't get too too offended because I'm not no. even 35. But <laughs> I think they do that just to cover their butts.
1: Oh, so yeah. that people won't get mad it. at them. <laughs> got to. Yeah.
0: Yeah. The worst thing is it's I don't get mad when people ID me. But what I get upset about is when people <clears throat> There was one one specific incident, but this has happened in various ways. But one was the worst. When I I walked into a bar with my friends, it was like a joke, and <laughs> um, and the bartender saw me from like the 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 bar and like way back from the door, walking in. She saw me and yelled at my friends, not me, out my friends she can't be in here. She's not allowed in here. Get her out of here. And they all like pounced her like, no, like ID her, like she's 21 or whatever age I was at the time, like calm down, like, whoa, stop like automatically assuming things. Like it's really, and then the other one is like people, it's weird. There's it's specifically this one restaurant and I can't figure out what it is maybe it's the lighting or what but specifically this one restaurant anytime I go I always get a kid's menu so I'm like at this point like boycotting it (laughs) but like always they just see me they grab a kid's menu and hand it to me and then I'll be like I'm an adult (laughs) and they're like (gasps) And then <laughs> I've had waitresses from there, like, literally hide for the entire time I'm there because they're so embarrassed. But I that mean... so
1: funny. Yeah. Have you, have you oh ever been God. to, like, the cinema or the movie theater and got ID'd for, like, a 16? <laughs> like, way over that age. <laughs> I actually, I worked at the movie
0: theater for a long time, so I actually knew people there, so... Oh, no so you were okay but I did work there and when I worked there people would ask me if I was violating child
1: labor laws oh my god wow <laughs> that's that <laughs> an intense accusation to throw around Imagine if right I complain about that like should you have the child <laughs> working <laughs> that is really bad
0: yeah that one was yeah so almost but not quite <laughs> wow, yeah that
1: is hilarious
0: yeah Oh my goodness. All the things that come with OI. Oh Oh my gosh. Okay. So we could keep going forever. Is there anything that you want to add before we kind of start heading out?
1: Yeah, no, I would just want to say to everyone. So like I was saying before, you don't have to have any set skill. Um, I think anyone can draw, write, do anything creative. And I think, um, definitely give it a go. Even if you don't want to do it for publishing reasons, do it for yourself. You don't have to have any set skill when it comes to art. Even if you just want to do it for yourself, you don't have to have it published anywhere. And also, if you want it to be anonymous or um, kind of keep personal details to yourself, that's absolutely fine too. Um, we've had people um, publish under kind of pen names and things like that. I don't want anyone to feel um, pressured into doing anything, but definitely check out the issue when it's out and see if it's the kind of thing that you might enjoy. We regularly post um, writing themes on our Instagram stories, um, and it's in a highlight on our page if you're interested. Oh, amazing. So how can people find you and the magazine? Yes, so we're on pretty much all the social media platforms. We're on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. At, it's just at Wishburn Words. And the website is going to be www.wishbonewords.com. And by the time this airs, it should be up and running. And hopefully (laughs) you will be um, available to purchase on the website itself. Um, I'm not sure if it's going to be a PDF download or read it on the site. It'll be one of the two. Um, But I'm hoping it'll be very accessible for people if they're no matter where they are. If they're in a hospital waiting for an appointment or a surgery or whatever. um, I hope it's going to be accessible for everyone.
0: Amazing. I love that you're doing this. It's amazing. Oh, you know, I remember that time forever ago when I was like, I had a question and I lost it. I just remember. Oh yeah. It was where in the world are people in the, that are subscribing. So, or not subscribing. So I know people can read it anywhere in the world, but is everybody in the world able to submit?
1: Absolutely. So we've had Canadian writers. We've had um, American writers, people from the UK, Ireland, think we've had some people from france and kind of different places like that so it's absolutely an international thing um i think that's a really good thing about it being online as well that it is accessible for everyone i don't believe that um things should just be limited to certain countries or whatever it's not something i believe in at all because it's just not fair (laughs) i think everyone should have equal opportunity um no matter where they are so absolutely get in touch um and if you have problems with translating or anything um we can work around it so that's fine
0: Oh, lovely. That's awesome. Yeah. There's another uh, not today Holly list of things. Yeah. Those tri- different languages.
1: <laughs> yeah. I have learn, a lot learn, of those. All the languages. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Isn't that the, once you, once you get into inclusion and you're just like, oh, I can do everything. And you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> like can a you second. <laughs> yeah like you're one person or a very very small team like calm down we can make it as successful as possible but be kind anyway i get what <laughs> i do the same thing okay so um all of the links on to and things to find you are going to be all in my show notes so you, the listeners you can go and i will find that there in the show notes and um so you can follow and and all the things and get the magazine
1: so yeah okay is there anything else before we head off no i just want to say thank you so much for having me and i just love you and love what you're doing. So, <laughs> thank you. I love you too, and I'm so excited that we connected. And this is amazing. This is this has been <laughs> this this excellent. is just therapy. We always say every time we chat, it is just like free therapy. It's brilliant. <laughs> it is. It's amazing. Yeah, we need to have like weekly coffee
0: chats or something. Yes, <laughs> I think we should. <laughs> okay, so thank you so much for joining me. I'm so excited about all the things that you're doing and you. uh, putting out in the world. It's Absolutely needed and incredible, absolutely incredible. So, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> All right, bye. Bye. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you loved this episode, please subscribe and leave a five star review on iTunes. And be sure to follow me on Facebook and Instagram to stay up to date on everything at Rebecca Jane Art. I'd love to hear from you. Until next time, happy creating.